couple of episodes since you've seen me in my basement my basement i mean prison cell in which the joe biden administration has locked me up for false information but hey it's thursday night either way um we've got an awesome guest on tonight he comes from the great state of uh new york no i'm just kidding he comes from the great state of pennsylvania uh you know for the dutch amish no, that's that's probably wrong. I'm getting a weird look. That's probably wrong. Um, but hey, yeah. So <laughs> I'm gonna bring my kids, my guest, my my house. <laughs> ah, I was trying. My good friend, chair of the Libertarian Party Veterans Caucus, chair of the Oklahoma LP, and currently sitting in a chair, Mister Will. <laughs> I am indeed, and I'm honored to be in this chair, as always, and uh, it's a fine Thursday night, great night, we always have a great time on this show, and what we don't have a great time doing is ad reads, but we got to keep the cameras running, and so, you should find us on all of these places, everywhere, and please find us on everywhere, like us on everywhere, for everybody who likes us on Every single platform, you get a top fan badge on Facebook, and uh, that's worth your weight in gold. You know, you know who's also worth his weight in gold. That would be Mister James Tallier from the lesser great Appalachian state, Kentucky. It's people over politics, people helping people. Mister Tallier is an awesome human being. Go help him out at TallierForKY.com. That's T O L L E R, the number four KY.com. And you know who else is worth their weight in gold? Chris By, running for Alaska's one Congress seat, which just shows how important it is and how important this race is. It's timealaska.com. You can learn more, donate to his campaign. And another good website is that one, Redemption Tactical. And uh, Jenny is already killing it with the link like she always is. So thank you, Jenny. Use our link and you get a discount. And also it tells them that we sent you. You know, you know what else is awesome? I, I just want to talk about uh, Chris for AK. Use the hashtag Chris for AK. Because if anybody's ever said anything about Chris by is that he's PG. 
Yeah, pretty gangster. <laughs> I mean, we should make that a hashtag. Chris buys PG. <laughs> I, I want to reach out to uh, the guy at Proud Libertarian and Chris Byers if we could make a T-shirt that, that like, a, <laughs> like a rap album T-shirt with Chris Byers face on it, and all the promotion, like all the all the profits will go to his campaign. That would be would be great. I'm I'm here for it. Uh, also, if you'd like to find our merch on the Proud Libertarian store, go to notarealpodcast.com. I will actually be sitting down tomorrow. Hi, Nick. How are you doing, sir? Nick's uh, in the house. What's up? To add Miss uh, Shit. What is her name? I keep. I always forget her name. Uh, Christine Womack. Jesus Christ. Miss Womack to the, the website. Her content, her profile picture, her bio, all of that stuff will be on the website. Uh, hopefully starting tomorrow. Also, go to the website, cop you some of that merch, because I just spent, like, way too much money buying our own merch, because it's that fucking good. Hell yeah. And, and speaking of Miss Christine Womack, if she's listening, she's a fucking monster who refuses to delete her stuff in the banner section. <laughs> we, need to make, we need to make her her own show, I guess. But, you know who else is pretty gangster? And also running for lieutenant governor, which just sounds super cool. It's like you're probably running the military of the state of Pennsylvania is what that sounds like to me, but that's not what it is. But our guest is going to do that, and his name is Tim McMaster. What's up, guys? What is up, man? Welcome to the show. Yeah, lieutenant governor sounds nice, but uh, lately I've been toying with calling myself vice gangster because as a libertarian, if there's one thing we like, it's vices. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good, that's good. That's good. That's why we love Spike Cohen, Pot, everything. Yeah, all yeah. I mean, stuff. I don't do it, but, you know, more power to you if you want to. But we, we respect people's right to vices, and yeah. I think that's what, important. Why did you say Spike Cohen when we talk about vices? You're talking about because vice president? Yeah. But he didn't make vice president, so he's not a vice. But he was a vice president candidate. He's our he's vice. A, he's a, he's he's a loser vice president. Vice president. No. It's closer to winning than any of us, so that's a good point. That's fair. That's good. <laughs> hey, look, I'll tell you what. They say that bronze medals are the happiest people, and I recently won one, and I agree because we just barely get in the winner circle, and but then you got you know, there. but you got there, and you're just like, thank God. But the silver medalists, they're pissed because they got second place. So hey, bronze is bronze is okay. No, we should we should win golds, but you know, should so, definitely vote gold this year, especially here in Pennsylvania. Hell yeah! And you guys just came off of winning 140. How many? 175, I think, was the total. Was the total for this year? We have well over 200 total elected libertarians. I myself actually won as an auditor here in uh, lovely Conewago Township, York County, Pennsylvania. Wow how is how has that been going? Have you already been seated? Yeah, yeah. I was seated in January, and we had our first meeting. I was elected chair of the audit committee then, and made my intention known that. Uh, I was going to be running for Board of Supervisors the following year, and then the Lieutenant Governor thing came up, so now we're focusing on that. Fair. How is being a county auditor and running a statewide campaign at the same time? It's not bad. Um, the auditor job is is pretty pretty low. Uh, it's pretty low drag, if you know what I mean. Like, we, we yeah. meet a couple times a year for maybe an hour or so. Um, I do the same things that I've always been doing in the township here, going to the township meetings, getting out and meeting the people, talking to people. But now I can say I'm the auditor, which makes them think like, oh, we better be on our best behavior. (laughs) An auditor is the one position where you want a libertarian. 
because I am combing through every penny on the budget. Say, what? Is this really necessary? Do we need this? Why are you getting paid this much? There was a uh, there was a scam recently in my hometown that got uncovered where a school cafeteria kind of manager was scamming money off the top, and the auditor caught her. So you oh, never know. Yeah, see, we're we doing we're doing the Lord's work, as they it say. It really is. Did you hear about that federal scam that got uncovered? Which one? The one where they said you, the the one where they said your tax dollars are paying the debt and for roads. Turns out neither one of those were true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was going on for a while. Everybody keeps falling for it, though. Seriously. So, did you have anything to do with the uh, the other campaigns? Like, tell us how they kind of orchestrated that. Did you guys work together, or was it kind of everybody for themselves? So, a lot of it was what we called. Uh, Colloquially, here in Pennsylvania, the Moulton Maneuver, named after the great uh, Dr. Chuck Moulton, mm-hmm. uh, due to a quirk in Pennsylvania election law, after the the uh, old parties have their primaries, uh, there's <clears throat> like a six to eight week window where the libertarians can find out what positions didn't have a Democrat or Republican actually primary for that. So there would be a, a seat that effectively nobody's running for. Um, we can go out, collect the signatures, get on the ballot for that position, and essentially win uncontested, which is what happened yeah. in my auditor race and happened in quite a few of the other races. And there, and there are some within the party that kind of look at it as, you know, that's that's not really a win. Like, it's like, oh, you, you won, but you weren't running against anybody. And, you know, I've kind of always been of the mindset of like, okay, great. I, I got the position. Now I have to earn it. And then yeah. now when I seek further office, like township supervisor or lieutenant governor, hint, 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 um, I've already got that elected experience. I've already been on the ballot. You know, sure. and another thing that it does is it it sort of demystifies libertarians actually uh-huh. seeing them on the ballot. Seeing that many libertarians on the ballot is a, is a good thing for us. It raises brand awareness. It makes yeah. people say like, oh, libertarians. Yeah, I saw them. There was a bunch of them on my ballot last year. I think I'll look into them. Yeah. You know, and that was the, and the thing when I ran state Senate last year was, you know, this is a very, very deep red senatorial district here in Pennsylvania, you know, and, and no libertarian had ever run for that seat. So I was the first one. So coming into that thing, I knew it was going to be an uphill battle. So we got out there and we actually started pressing the flesh with folks, getting out there, shaking hands, kissing babies, doing all that campaign stuff, you know, but actually talking to people and letting them know, like, hey, we're libertarians, but we're not you know, crazy lunatics, you know, running around that they want to, you know, put boots on our heads and hand out hookers and blow to everybody. I mean, yeah, sure, if you want to do that, that's, that's your thing. I and mean, the government shouldn't say you can't, you know, but some of us actually want to get shit done, so to speak. You know, we want to return Pennsylvania and the country to a state of absolute freedom in our lifetimes. And one thing yeah. it does, too, in my opinion, which is great about Pennsylvania, is that well, you know, especially like if so, if you're running for office in Pennsylvania, right? And people say, oh, well, libertarians don't win anything or y'all are, you know, whatever. Like we get here all the time in Tennessee. You can say, well, I mean, there's 200 and something elected libertarians here in Pennsylvania. So why can't you add just one more? And that's, yeah. that's and actually unique for that state. I mean, right now, Pennsylvania has more elected libertarians than the other 49 U.S. states combined. Yeah. You know, that's that's impressive. Like, yeah, a lot of them are, you know, like my position of auditor or judge of elections, which is actually a really important position. If you look into what it does, um, we have constables, you know, but we also have mayors, you know, we have township supervisors, we have school board members, you know, so we have people that are getting elected. They're winning 
contested races. Sure, they're winning a lot of uncontested races as well. But all that does is give us an opportunity to be reelected, give us an opportunity to seek a higher office. Yeah. So how many what's what's the highest office that a libertarian has in Pennsylvania right now? In Pennsylvania right now, it's probably mayor. And we have a couple of those. Uh, my friend Kate. Um, oh, God, she's going to kill me because I just totally blanked on her last name. Um, but she's the mayor in Austin. Crosby. I've heard of this. Yeah. Kate Crosby. Yeah. Sorry. It, it's the That's alliteration okay. that gets me every time. Uh, <laughs> Kate Crosby is elected mayor in Austin, Pennsylvania. You know, she's pretty much doing uh need that mic filter. Yeah. I don't know. It came with the, the damn thing. Um Sorry, got off track there. Um, yeah, but Kate's, you know, Kate's killing it. And she's facing um, Quo Warento, I think is the pronunciation challenge hmm. to her, you know, to her position as mayor. And that's that's absolute hogwash, right? That's nonsense. She was elected by the people. She should be serving. She shouldn't have Seriously. to go through this nonsense. Seriously. But, you know, it's just another example of, you know, the old parties, the dying parties, the duopoly trying to screw us. Yeah. Trying to assert their control as as they die, right? And they're feeling, you know, they're feeling the pressure, especially here in Pennsylvania with so many elected libertarians. So, do you think that part of the reason that Pennsylvania kind of leads the charge on that is because of the unique way that Pennsylvania divides? Because, um, you know, Oklahoma doesn't have townships. We have like cities, and you know, Oklahoma City is like one of the largest in land area in the country. It's huge. So, um, yeah. So, do you think that you guys kind of have a unique way of just dividing into smaller? groups you know i think it's it's a combination of a lot of things it's um you know definitely that plays into it uh one of the other things is is the you know that that kind of gap in when the signatures have to be in for petitioning and when the primary uh-huh. dates is you know there's that um there there's just the genius of chuck Moulton and jen moore for finding that exploiting it and then mobilizing the troops to actually go out and do it mm-hmm. you know so it's a combination of factors there it's not you know one thing or the other it's you know, it's all of these things coming together. It's it's like Jefferson said. Um, I think it was Jefferson. It might have been Ben Franklin. He said, I'm, a, I'm a huge believer in luck. I find the harder I work, the more of it I have. Yeah. Edison, that's what it was. Beautiful. Edison, sorry. Yeah, I think that's right. My mind, mind's a little scattered here. The uh, hey. alcohol is a little low in my blood. The point is you remembered, <laughs> you remembered the, uh, the meaning. It doesn't matter who said it. But. Right. Well, Scott from the comment section over at YouTube said the fight isn't even over when libertarians start taking some offices, which is absolutely true. Absolutely. You know, and like I said, the big thing is like it's getting in these offices. That's great. And and you celebrate and, you know, and you you brag about it for a couple of days. And then it's time to knuckle up, man. It's time to get down to work. It's that's what I've been doing here in my township. You know, in spite of everything else, raising the goats and the full time day job and running for lieutenant governor, I'm still combing through the books of my township trying to find where we can save some money. So I want to just address something because I've been thinking about it while while y'all were talking there. Is township an exclusive thing to commonwealths? Because I know Virginia has townships and Pennsylvania has townships. Is that a commonwealth thing? That I I don't know. I mean, I I can't imagine it would be. I don't know. That's a good observation because a commonwealth it's, is yeah a unique way of, of – pro- it's probably kind of around the same time period of like settlement. So I'm sure it, it takes like from similar traditions versus like here in Oklahoma where we settled in like the 1900s. So we're all like modern kind of – I don't know. Yeah, because 
because Virginia, if if you remember, like about three months back, I did a coverage how the how the state of Virginia is going to pull uh, the town of Pounds Township, so Pound Town will be no more. Um, but yeah, that is a good that that's a uh, anybody in the comment section who can verify or deny that gets extra credit on the homework tonight. Seriously, hella extra credit. Teach us all a lesson. Teach us something. So, sorry, lunatic. It's not a, an effect. It's uh, an Australian cattle dog in the other room. <laughs> so yeah, tell us about the goats. Oh God, what do you want to know? How, how many <laughs> do you have? Uh, right now, probably north of sixty. I think. Whoa. Uh, a lot of them are. You're a shepherd. Uh, actually, that's sheep. I'd be a goatherd. Oh, you're, oh. That's it, yeah. That's I know. I know weird stuff. Um, most of the most of the goats we have now are destined for uh, what we euphemistically call freezer camp, which means they're going to be meat. Um, goat meat is the the number one consumed red meat worldwide. Um, it's a lot like soccer; like it's big everywhere, but the U.S. You know, you, you might serious? not like it, but the kids are going to love it. Type of thing. Have you ever had goat meat? Well, I have had goat meat. Yeah. Would you have that? I think at a Middle Eastern type restaurant or a. Uh, or uh, I had it at two places actually. I had it there, and then I also had it, like at this Taiwanese dinner at, o- at OSU at the university in my hometown. So you're right, two places that it eats goat that I know of at least. Yeah, um, pretty much everywhere else in the world, you know, they eat goat. They drink goat's milk, you know, because we do have some that we raise for milk as well. Do um, you milk them? I do, yeah, by by hand. Is it? Do you like the goat milk? I yeah, I prefer it over cow's milk. Oh, I'm gonna start. It's got, a, it's got a sweeter taste. It's naturally homogenized, which means the fat won't separate out of the water phase of it. Um, goat's cheese. I mean, come on. You need to say it, it's healthier too, isn't it? It's, it's it less is, fatty, it is. isn't it? Yeah, like I know that there's a few people that have been buying from us that um, they're like lactose intolerant, so they drink cow's milk to get real gassy and bloated and other stuff. Um, but they they can drink goat's milk, you know, by the gallon and have no ill effects. You are really making me interested in goats now. This is awesome. Oh, well, you'll love this then. There's another little quirk. It's not scientifically codified, but there's enough anecdotal evidence that it's probably true. Um, so that like goats eat poison ivy, poison oak, and it doesn't uh-huh. affect them. There's an enzyme in their digestive tract that counteracts the oil that irritates your skin. Um, but if you drink the goat's milk from a goat that has eaten the poison ivy, you then will become less susceptible to poison ivy. That makes perfect sense. Just kind of like how I, they I give can, you know, I can, I can verify that that's happened to me. Like I, you know, my goats would eat all the poison ivy around here, and then I drink the goat smoke. And normally, I just look at poison ivy and I get it, you know. And now I'm like just ripping them out with my bare hands. I'm like, ah, nothing's going to happen to me, and I never get it. That's awesome. So tune in, tune in next Thursday when we uh, go through Will's new goat farm that him and Jessica actually bought. <laughs> yeah, the <laughs> yeah, right. goat is actually really big in uh, like Oklahoma and Texas. There's a lot of cattle ranchers that will run goat concurrently with their cattle because um, the things that goats eat, cows won't eat, and vice versa. Huh. Um, any of the like parasites, like uh, coccidia or anything like that, like they don't cross speciate. So like if, if the cows have something, the goats aren't going to get it. If goats have something, the cows aren't going to get it. Um, so it really it, it does a great job of clearing out the pastures and stuff. Huh. And you guys didn't know this is going to turn into a farming podcast tonight, did you? No, but I love it because I mean, raising raising animals is a part of libertarianism, right? I think all industries. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It, you know, anything that's going to take me out of the industrial food system. Well, seriously, and let's talk about that because Biden posted today about it, and he talked about the price of beef being too high, and that four he was saying four companies own all of our meat, and that's the problem. 
It's like, well, you know why? Well, yeah. Because of USDA inspections. Yeah. Four companies can afford to process meat in America because the government made it super damn expensive. Yeah, so if you want to process, I know it's really bad here in Pennsylvania. Um, we do have some little quirks of law, like homesteader laws and stuff that we can get away with with some animals. But if you want to process beef, you have to and be able to sell it in like a, a store, like a retail location. Um, you need to have a an inspector on site. So they have to have right. a separate office. They have, to have their own separate bathroom, and you have to pay their salary. You know, like what what small holder that maybe does four or five beeves a week can afford that? I mean, that's like an extra hundred thousand dollars a year. Like that's that's enough to hire two more people to process to where you could go from two beeves a week to maybe seven. You know, so that's it's these governmental restrictions are like killing small business. You know, and that's one thing as lieutenant governor that I aim to. You know, I aim to address immediately is we need to start getting rid of some of these onerous restrictions that prohibit small companies and little mom and pop startups from actually doing business. Because if you can if you can start a small business in your garage with just you and your wife and maybe one other person and you can fine tune your product or your service and get it to where it's actually something that people want to give you their hard earned fiat currency for, you've already done most of the hard work you've done the heavy lifting already. So now all you have to do is ramp up that production. And now suddenly you can go from being in a garage, you could buy or, you know, lease a space and you could start making this on a mass scale. And your risk then is way lower because you've already done all the hard work when your risk was small, when it was just you and maybe one or two other people in your garage. But right now, the way it is like, you have to take out, you know, business loans and you have to submit business plans, yeah. you know, and, and these are all, you know, having a business plan is a great thing. I don't, I don't sure. want to say that it's not, but you got to get um, loans. Making it a requirement to even start a business is foolish because listen, we have a farm here and I honestly, I really don't have a business plan for it. It's just, we're going to take it one day at a time and what happens happens. We're going to adjust to it. We're going to learn from it. I mean, if we make a mistake, we're not going to make that mistake again. Yeah. What a ridiculous so, thing for government to mandate. Right. Yeah. So two things. Quickly, Scott wins the extra credit for the night on his homework. Uh, he says 20 states have civil civil townships. Good job, so Scott. Scott wins the bonus points of the night. Uh, also, uh, I was going to ask you, um, Tim. So uh, I farm – I not farm. I raise chickens. Uh, we've We've lost quite a few chickens. We still got some left. I mean, it, it's a it's a battle every single day. But yeah, yeah. raising raising like cattle or farm animals or whatever stuff that most people don't have like dogs or cats, it's super rewarding because like I don't eat eggs, but I give eggs to everyone I fucking know. Like I, I make yeah. sure that as many people don't need processed eggs that can live outside the system as I possibly can, and it's just super rewarding. I like I'll go out there like we had we had four chickens that had made it through the summer and the winter and then got killed in a few weeks back by a raccoon. Three of them got killed out of the fourth. The one that survived fought the raccoon off. She had like a bloody beak and claws and everything, but I call her Rambo. Uh, but I'll go out there and I'll talk to Rambo. Me and her have a, have a pretty good connection now. Uh, we talk, but it, it is a rewarding thing though. And I mean, it even is. though it's, nobody you know, gives a shit, yeah. Yeah. Like I, you know, I have, I have a day job, like I'm sure all of us do, you know, and there are some times where my day job really pisses me off, you know, through 
for whatever reason, you know, it's just it's, it's a bad day. We all have them. Um, I go out and sit in the field for a couple of minutes with a bunch of baby goats jumping all over me and like nibbling on my shirt sleeve and stuff. Bad day over. Oh, you know, it, awesome. it doesn't take much, you know, and even some of the older ones, the older ones are even more affectionate than the smaller ones because they've been around longer. Do they ever fight you with their heads? Um, I wouldn't say fight. Uh, there's one that thinks she's my girlfriend, Sophie, um, who also likes rum and cokes. Don't ask me how I know that. Um, <laughs> she like, you know, she'll go up and like rear up and then headbutt, but she always stops short and waits for me to put my hand out, and then she'll like run into my hand. Like it's kind of adorable, <laughs> but also sort of terrifying if you've never seen it before. Yeah. Have you tried to? Have you tried to headbutt any of them? Oh God, no, 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 no. They, I, I saw I've a video of the trees. The other day. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, you don't want none of that. <laughs> I wish I wish we were doing this podcast from the field. I want to see all these goats so bad, but I'll we'll have to see pictures. I might be able to move the camera. Hang on here. Oh, yeah. Oh my god. You're pardon the mess. Oh, it's you should see my place. Uh yeah, you can't really see them. Wow, you got a beautiful place though. That's amazing. Yeah, it's my little 16 acres of heaven. That's wow. I'm jealous. I'm very, very jealous. Oh, don't be. It's a hell of a lot of work. Oh, what's going on there? All right, there we go. So tell us, Tim, how did you become a libertarian? That's one of my favorite things to talk to people about. How did I become a libertarian? Um, So it started in uh, 1992. I was was hooking out of school my senior year, and I went to the York Fair. Um, Yeah, York Fair. Um, It was student day, so we went... um, you know, cut school, went to the York Fair. Um, and there was the Libertarian Party of Pennsylvania had a, you know, had a stand there. Um, and it just, it smelled like pot. And I was 17 years old. And I thought, like, I like pot. Uh, let me check <laughs> it um, and then I started looking into it, you know, a little more. You know, the internet was still in its infant stages then. Uh, so it was real, it was tricky to get information. So you had to go to the library um, and hope that they had a, you know, an internet connection. Or nine times out of 10, you know, growing up in Gettysburg, they didn't. So, you know, you're pulling books, you know, one thing leads to another. And suddenly you're, you're at your grandmother's house because she has cable and you don't. And you're watching C-SPAN and you see this guy, Ron Paul. And you're like, whoa, this guy gets it. Um, yeah. And it's just kind of been, you know, from there. Like, I would say pot was my gateway drug to libertarianism. <laughs> oh, I'm making that a meme. Yeah, I'm making yeah that but I was, you know, in, in fairness, I was 17 and I didn't really know any better. I mean, it's what it is. Same, you know. same. I hear you. I you actually know, found libertarianism. Ron Paul, and then you start, you know, like, well, what influenced Ron Paul? And you, you know, you start reading Milton <laughs> Freeman and Thomas Sowell, and. You know, you start going back even further, and you start reading Tocqueville and John Locke and and Adam yeah. Smith, and then the next thing you know, you're running for lieutenant governor. It's a beautiful process, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it really is. You know, I I've been registered a libertarian since '92, although I didn't vote libertarian in '92. I actually voted for Ross Perot. Um, <laughs> sue me, like I said, I was 18 at the time. Yeah, I'm sure um, you were learning. Yeah, and then '96 uh, was the first time I actually voted libertarian. Um, voted for Harry Brown and Dr. Jorgensen. So it was cool, kind of full circle when I met her in 2020 and got to tell her like, hey, my first libertarian vote was for you. So I thought that was a cool little thing. So I think think we need to do a, uh, not even like an agricultural episode, but like a 
like an anarchy uh, survival episode where we just talk about like animals and raising animals. Because Tim does uh, goats, I do yeah. chickens, Bud. I yeah. do cows too. <laughs> yep. Wow. And, well, uh, what's his name? Uh, Bull Johnson does cattle as well. Yeah, um, we might talk so, about goats too. So, yeah. So, I mean, we could just do, uh, we could get all these like agricultural specialists in the LP together and just do like out in the field live episodes. That'd be super dope. Yeah, yeah. I'd be down. Heck yeah. I, do, I, I did rabbits for uh, like two years as well. Um, huh. I know people who do that. That's interesting. I, I'm in a Facebook group of people that do that just to, to watch it. Yeah. Pro- the problem is, I, you know, I don't, um, I don't half-ass anything. So when I, I jumped into rabbits, it was like four times the ass. So that's a lot of ass, you know? So I had yeah. like, at one point I had like 70 rabbits too. And Damn. that has is way too much, you know? And, and how much, how much meat do you get off a rabbit and how much a goat? Cause I was curious. So the rabbits that I was doing, um, I was getting probably five to seven pounds per rabbit, which is, which is pretty great when you think about it. Um, yeah. You know, it's, it's definitely like the same size as like a, a chicken that you're getting sure. in the supermarket or, or off the pasture. Um, goats, they can go anywhere from, cause we don't go by, by age. When we process, we go by, by weight. Um, so we usually don't take them to be processed until they're about 120, 130 pounds live weight. So we get, uh, 65 to 80 pounds. That's of pretty, actual that's meat, a lot really pretty spectacular. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you know, I'm a deer hunter. And there's sometimes I can shoot deer that are a lot less than that. I've got 30 yeah. pounds off oh, yeah. deer before, so, yeah. Oh, yeah, I've shot, I've shot deer way smaller than that, too, but it's because they're in uh-huh. the back dicking up my fence. <laughs> yeah, or honestly, I, after I shot one fawn, I, I, I don't know if I'll ever go back. I mean, fawn is delicious. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's like my favorite meat now. Well, mine's still good, but, you know, I, I, I get your point. <laughs> Fair. That should be a T-shirt, Will's favorite meat. Um, But, uh... What was I talking? Oh, so do you do uh, do you mess with artificial insemination at all on your goats? We've or, looked or into it. We've looked into it just because um, the buck that we have for the meat goats is uh, really big. I mean, really big. He's probably three hundred fifty pounds. Like if he wanted to, he would he would go right through me. Um, but he's kind of a sweetheart too, so it's okay. Um, but we lost our our dairy buck this past year. Um, which was really sad. It was the first time I cried over an animal on the farm, oh. I think ever, because he was such a sweetheart. Um, so we're looking into it. It's just right now, it's one of those things where it's like, eh, you kind of have to weigh the pros and the cons. Like, is it going to really be worth the investment? Because our dairy, dairy does are, you know, now they're another year older. Do I want to get more dairy does? Do I want to focus on the meat? So it's, it's a conversation that the wife and I have, have got to have, but it, it is a conversation that we we have. Yeah, I uh, I had a buddy of mine that I used to work with. He raises cattle, and he would he had asked one day. He said, "Hey, dude, I hate this shit, but if uh, if I pay for you to go to a school like that school that they have, where you I think it's like three days, and you learn how to do artificial insemination, you get certified by the state and all this shit, the shit." He's like, "Would you do it for me at, at the farm?" I was like, "Sure, why not?" And I ended up going somewhere else for work. And I've thought about going back for it, man. It, it's an interesting. It's an interesting trait that nobody else like really focuses on. Yeah, like, there's AI, not AI many people pretty, that want to do it. Yeah, AI is actually pretty big in like the show goat world because you can order, you know, what they call straws of semen from yep. 
wow, this conversation got really weird. Uh, <laughs> you, can get, you can get straws of semen from like champion bucks and from like champion lines and stuff. So we we thought about it, but I'm just like, oh man, it's like first you have to know how to do it, and I don't. So that's the biggest impediment. And then you have to be able to ship it, and then it's cheaper if you buy a lot of it. So now you have to store it, and like I don't know with my record if I can get liquid nitrogen anywhere. So and it's kind of rude to the goats. Like give them their freedom. Let them. Let them. Yeah, their yeah. Like, who am I to take away? You know, a good goat lay. I mean, yeah. If you want them to stay happy and sweethearts, I would let them keep doing their thing. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Hashtag so, goat me too. <laughs> so Tim. What what does the lieutenant governor do in PA, and also what do you want to do as lieutenant governor in PA? So the roles of the lieutenant governor in Pennsylvania are really there's not a lot of them. Um, they preside oh, yeah. over the Senate, okay. the state Senate, in the General Assembly. So that's the big thing. That would be probably I'd say probably seventy five percent of the actual job. Um, probably less because the state Senate in Pennsylvania is just a step up from worthless. I mean, really, they work like three days a week for a couple hours a day. Like it's horrible and they get full-time salaries. It's disgusting. Um, the other thing that the Lieutenant governor does is they're in charge of, they chair the pardon bureau or the uh, pardon committee huh, for awesome. the Pennsylvania state prison system. So that Hell that's yeah. definitely a spot where you want a libertarian too, because yes. you know, somebody comes before me for a pardon, you know, like, Oh, I got busted for weed. Like pardon. I don't care what else. Pardon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, because I, you know, it's just, that's just what you do as a libertarian. Do you guys um, have the death penalty in Pennsylvania? Uh, we do, but it's hardly ever used. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. I was going to say that would um, be another thing that you probably help with, amnesty for that kind of situation. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, because I, I, I guess technically I'm a pro-life libertarian and that I don't believe that another human has the right or the authority to say anything about anybody else's life. Uh-huh. Um, you know, this, this whole thing with the SCOTUS uh, decision late, leak um i mean people have asked me about it and i'm just like it probably should be a state decision i don't know i mean let the people vote on it you know yeah it's one of those things where i don't think the government should really have a say in it agreed you know on a personal level like i i wouldn't get one but i lack fallopian tubes so it's (laughs) personally i'd rather see people focus more on adoption and as the husband of an adoptee um I am definitely glad that she was adopted and not aborted. I will say that. Yeah. yeah. So what do y'all think about this? Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll diverge a little bit because we can talk about the Lieutenant governor's race all day long, but every other libertarian podcast will ask you that, right? Um, let's, I do want to ask you a question because I think this is important. Uh, what do you, what's, so what's kind of your opinion on the SCOTUS thing? Do you think it's going to actually happen? And two, uh, what do you think the end result will be as far as, like, do you think states will take over and handle this as they should, according to the Tenth Amendment, or what? So there's a bunch of states that actually already do have some kind of law or ordinance revolving around when you can terminate a pregnancy. As far as, you know, first trimester, some of them have, some states like Texas have a heartbeat law. Um, so I think as long as the people get to vote on it, like, I think that's optimum. Um but largely, I don't – personally, I think the leak was probably because the Democrats were going to get their asses handed to them in the midterms. Um, so they needed something to kind of rally the troops. I mean, it fits right in with their playbook. So that's kind of where I come down on why it was. Do I think it's real or that it will really happen? Like, yeah, I think it will with the 
the five, you know, judges they had, the three Trump appointees, like I definitely think they're they're definitely hard enough on the right wing that that that's what they'll do. Um, is it something that they should do? I I mean I don't know. I didn't hear all the evidence for the cases that they're they're ruling on, but I think all all the rolling back of Roe v. Wade and the Casey case that they're actually hearing, I think all that does is that just takes it out of the federal jurisdiction and pushes it back to the states. Yeah. And which is closer, closer to an ideal situation, but it's really saying like, um, I don't want the big daddy ruler ruling over me. I just want the smaller daddy. ruling. True. True. But it's the smaller, the smaller government, First of all, you can drive to those MFers. Right. It's, a good, it's a good step one. I will yeah, say you can you can handle that government a lot better. I'll say that for sure. So, uh, Tim, you've actually been invited on another show here. Uh, oh, yeah, I'm down. Uh, on the Lunatic on, Libertarian. Hit, hit me up on the Twitter machine at Tim4PA. <laughs> my, mine's Will4OK. Mine too. We have the exact same uh, website and handle, but for different states. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's different very names. simple. That's my nice. website too, tim4pa.com. All right. I'm going I'm to address this because he's commenting the shit out of it. Um, sure. So Lunatic has cha- – he challenged me to a boxing match on Facebook, and I, I was like, yeah, sure, that would be funny, ha, ha, ha. And he's like super serious about it. And I guess we're going to have to have a boxing match. But the question he's now posing is uh, he's asking, and I'll ask both of you, what round do I get knocked out? Um, I don't know enough about you guys to make a prediction on that. Yeah, here's the question. I would say somebody wouldn't probably challenge you to a boxing match unless they already were like trained at boxing, which if they are trained at boxing and they want to box somebody who's not is really stupid. But – you have some long ass reach, man. So I'd say even if they were trained, you could mess somebody up. So I don't know, Lunatic. Based well, on know. your if, amount of commenting, if, if I see Lunatic, you have a lack of self control. But if Lunatic, if Lunatic's trained, he's going to have the the endurance. So that reach is going to that's going to hurt you in the later rounds if it gets the that endurance. Point. That's true. That's true. So he actually uh, late late second, early third. He said he did. That's actually a good guess. That's, oh, he said, uh, "What uh, round do you knock me out?" I see. I see. Oh, I oh so, no, I, no, I see. It, I see it going the opposite way. I well, I was it. saying he's going to knock me out, but he, so he did actually post some stats here because I, I am interested in this. If you want to see a five foot eight, hundred and seventy pound, nothing beat up, six foot six bootleg in a boxing match, he actually didn't include my weight, which is like two sixty, probably closing on two seventy because I don't want to scale up the house. Uh, fighting for liberty, smash the like button. Uh, yeah, I, I, and I've, so here's, you got that much on it. That makes me want to maybe change my opinion there. That's a lot of inches. That's That's what she said. said. (laughs) (laughs) Jinx. That was great. Um, But so I told him, I said, my, basically my only hope, cause I'm slow. Like, look, dude, I am six, 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 six. Everyone said, why didn't you play basketball? I said, I'm, I'm white and slow. Why do you think? Um, but I, my only hope would be to basically hit him, basically just drop him, right? Like I would have to drop him. I'm not going to win in endurance. I'm not going to win in speed. I'm not going to win in like just score, right? My hope will have to be that the heavyweight knocks out the welterweight and goes on from there. Yeah. You'd have to, you'd have to get him early in the first round because if it goes past that, you're done. Yeah. 
I'm, I'm into it. I think I'm agreeing with the comment with Scott. UFC rules, I think so. I think that's much better. No eye gouging, no crotch. But that's can, I, can I throw out a, a wild card here? No, yes. I'm not sure if you guys are aware of this or not, but I used to be a professional wrestler as well. No shit. So maybe WWF rules. Wow, that is a wild card. What was your name? Um, so the full name was the ambiguously bisexual porter. Don't think about <laughs> that too hard or your head will explode. That's hilarious. So <laughs> that's what, an amazing what, name. At what level were you a professional wrestler? Like what's the um, biggest crowd you ever performed for? Biggest crowd was probably about fifteen hundred people. Damn, that's cool. Which, yeah, I mean it, it, it was, but that was the biggest crowd. It wasn't like that was a lot. It was once that happened. Yeah. Normally it was like fifty to one hundred fifty. That's still cool. I've seen some of those wrestling matches on like YouTube and stuff, and that's awesome. Like, hey, it's cool. Yeah, it was, it was you know twenty years ago and hundred pounds ago. So fair, fair. Well, hey, I think the Holy pounds would probably help you. Oh uh, no, not now. Like I, I drink and smoke way too much to be doing that stuff now. <laughs> fair. Holy shit, we've got breaking news. Have y'all seen? That Hector is going to be running three Honda Civics with spoon engines, and on top of that, he just came into Harry's and ordered three three sixty six turbos with NOS and Motec system exhaust. If you don't, if you don't know those random stuff, if you don't know, that's from Fast and Furious. But yes, yeah, uh, no, I don't know. <laughs> those are yeah, that's, words. That's exactly what I, I picked up on it. I was like, oh my gosh. He, you looked confused, Tim. That's why I explained. I was like, I, I, I gotta help him. Yeah, out pop culture, you know, eludes me. Braxton is uh, my co-host on Wednesday nights, and soon to be best man. He's a he's a good guy, and his sense of humor is the one of the more unique ones you'll run. Oh, yeah, right well, congratulations on your impending nuptials. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah. So um, let's see here. I I think you guys should fight MMA though, and. I would like to see that. So I'm serious about everybody setting this up. And maybe, Tim, you could come in and, like, finish them off afterwards. Hey, I'll come in and referee, man. I'll... Or you could do the uh, – what's the clothesline thing? Can you do one of those? Oh, yeah, I could do all that shit still. I mean, oh, in my mind. You make this happen. <laughs> in my mind. Campaign event. You could do it. Campaign event. Uh. So is it a violation if it's mid if it becomes midget tossing? Because look, the average in the United States is five foot nine inches. He's five foot eight inches, so he's shorter than the average American. Um, I'm just saying, like if I literally pick him up and throw him out of the ring, is that a violation? Well, is it voluntary? I mean, is it consensual? Oh, it's not going to be consensual. It's going to be close to rape. Oh well, then probably probably that'd be a violation of the nap then. But I mean, if you're in the match together, that's consensual. So yeah, that's okay. true. I was Makes actually thinking about I was thinking about this concept yesterday. So this is great caviar, uh, whatever you call it. Uh, caviar, like, not caviar. What am I thinking of? What's the uh, when you go, like, go to something new? Segway. A caviar. Segway. Uh, thank you. No, segway is the word. Caviar yeah. is also a segue, but not caviar. Caviar is food. Yeah, you're you're absolutely correct. Yeah, it's, it's fish eggs. But I was thinking fighting should be legal. Like, it's ridiculous that two people can't just agree to fight each other and fight each other. Why? I is think that should be legal. Agreed. You know, I mean, if you're willing to consent to it, like, yeah, sure. Yes. Well, yeah. Isn't it, isn't West Virginia the only state that has legal dueling still, as long as both parties have written consent beforehand? It's what there's one state that still has it legal. I, I tell you, West Virginia, it. my ass might be moving. <laughs> <laughs> I can find but, the right hey, enemy. 
Dude, have y'all seen that uh, bare-knuckle boxing has made a return to the United States for the first time in almost 100 years? Nice. I've seen some of that, yeah. Dude, it's gangster as shit. Yeah. That's like a throwback to the old Tough Man contest, too. That kind of morphed into UFC. Yeah, and that's the thing is, like, really... Like, two in the morning on UHF. Damn. Uh, So, UHF is this thing that old people like us had to watch before we had cable, before there was cable. (laughs) There was ultra high frequency and very high frequency in your televisions. UHF stuff was a lot of your local channels, where the VHF was like, uh, or no, I got that word. UHF was like your your major channels, like your NBC, your CBS, and then VHF was where Fox originally started. So you have to watch The Simpsons on the small little black and white TV in my bedroom in, in 1987. Huh. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to get off on a rant there. <laughs> I've never heard that before. That's fascinating, though. Yeah, and you ever see that weird album Weird Al movie UHF? Huh. Oh, you gotta watch that, man. That's a classic. Clearly behind on culture. Yeah, I will do that. What is this? Oh, this this is oh. the bare knuckle boxing. But here's the question, and they're actually kind of like locking up too. <clears throat> here's the question: How much does the difference between knuckles and gloves really matter? Oh, though? a lot, a lot. Yeah, UFC gloves are small. I mean, they've got pads, but they're they're not a lot. Yeah, they got oh. a couple ounces of padding. It's just enough. But see, here's the thing: it, the gloves don't really protect your face because you're you're going to get fucked up either way. It protects right. your hands. Hands, true. Yeah. I've it's watched a lot of these fights where these guys will break knuckles or break their wrist or whatever because they have no protection. All of the like the tape that you see has to be below the the wrist and below. So you're seeing guys break knuckles, break their hand, break their wrist. And Damn. not on on top of that, you're catching knuckles to the face. This is yeah. ultimate fighting. Yeah, except they can't grapple, it looks like. They can lock oh. up a little bit, though. They're locking up, but yeah. not really. They're kind of like locking yeah, up. Yeah, they're not throwing holds or submissions or anything on. No, but still, that's pretty cool. huh? Yeah, it's pretty dope. It is. Hey, so, uh, Lunatic, I got you. We, uh, we, we're going to – dude, I've got big-ass knuckles. So, let's do this. Let's go bare-knuckle boxing. I'm here for oh, it. Oh, I'm ref. Bare knuckle UFC, like just no gloves, uh, grappling, or whatever. He said he wanted to do it earlier. Where was this at? He said he's trained in. Yeah, here we go. Uh, trained in multiple multiple disciplines. He's game. Uh, bare knuckle boxing. What giant? What, David what versus Goliath. What disciplines, lunatic? Multiple. I need to hear. Multiple, I want to hear all of them. Multiple. I need, I need to know before I place bets. It's not fair otherwise. You can't can't be a secret wild card here. He says I'm down. I want to know the disciplines. I'm curious. But hey, speaking of it, I do have to sweep the leg, Johnny. I'm might be convinced Lunatic is a Russian bot at this point. But <laughs> yes, I do have to roll out pretty shortly. Uh, would you guys like to stay on and, and me bail, or are you guys ready to wrap it up? Yeah, dealer's choice, man. I can hang out. Uh, I mean, we got another. I haven't even plugged my merch store yet, so you know, I got. Time. Yeah, All yeah, right. we got to plug that. All right, well, Tim, nice to meet you. Thank you so much. Great for talking to you, Will. Congratulations yeah, you as well on your, on your upcoming wedding. Thank you, sir. Hopefully, when we can you have get the line on the fight. Send me a text. We'll uh, we'll work something out. <laughs> I appreciate that. That's great. All right, guys, we'll see you later. All right, take care, Bob. See you, bud. And just the two of us. I will never do that again. Make it if we try. Just the, just two. the two of us. <laughs> <laughs>
keep my wife's name out your fucking. <laughs> hey, speaking of that, did you see where uh, Dave Chappelle got attacked by a trans man? I, uh, I did. I did. He had like some kind of like knife gun, gun knife or something. Dude, like, it's the most that, badass gun ever. It's yeah, a knife like, gun. I, what kind of like mook do you have to be? Like you attack Dave Chappelle with a freaking knife gun and you end up getting your ass beat by what, Steve Carroll and Jamie Foxx? Like, Dude, he got his ass stomped backstage. But did you hear what Chris Rock said? He was actually there. Nah. So, so after it happens, Chris Rock runs over on stage, takes the mic from Dave Chappelle, says, yo, was that Will Smith? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Oh, so you guys were talking uh, earlier about the uh, the great Christine Kausler-Womack. Did you yes. know that when I ran for state senate last year, she was my campaign manager? I did. Uh, I think she had talked to me about that. And so we're, we're going to address something. Just He's got the serious look on. So she has recently left the LP. Yep, I heard that. Yep, and she's she's catching a lot of hell from LPPA. Well, she's catching a lot of hell from some people within the LPPA. Not yeah, all of us are throwing hell. Yeah, I'm very much know. a uh, you do you kind of libertarian. So if that's if that's what she wants to do and feels that she needs to do, then more power to her, and I wish her all the best. We're still friends, you know. Just politically, we're. I, I, I don't know what the correct, you know, term is at loggerheads or just on divergent paths, I guess, at the moment. But I certainly wish her well. So, yeah, she had asked me. She said, "Hey, do you still want me to come on onto the network and do my show? Because I'm not a part of the LP." Anymore. I said, "I don't give a fuck." I said, "At some point, yeah. I'm leaving the LP." So, what makes you think? I yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm much more much more of a small L libertarian than I am a capital L libertarian party guy. You know, like I'm in the libertarian party because right now I feel like that's the best vehicle to get to the ultimate goal, which is you know absolute liberty in our lifetimes. Um, but if it starts to be the, to the point where the LP is not that, then I'll address that then. So I I wish we had filmed this, but I gave a great little speech at the LPTN convention, and I said it was I can't remember it was a some bylaw amendment, but I gave some little speech about eventually the LP becomes my enemy because I'm an anarchist. I said the LP eventually becomes my enemy, so therefore I don't support whatever it was, right? And I think a lot of people should, if you're an anarchist and you don't believe the LP will be your enemy at some point, uh, you're wrong. Uh, if you're a minarchist and you don't believe the LP will be your enemy at some point, you're also wrong. Because each party in this in the United States started off as, hey, we're going to be small government, we're going to be small spending, right. we're going we're gonna to stay to the principles of the United States. At some point, corruption sinks in. It doesn't matter if it's the LP, Republicans, Democrats, Green Party, whatever it is. You take You have enough power, you're afraid to lose it. Yeah, power corrupts, and absolute power corrupts, absolutely. You know, yep. I... I kind of I kind of view myself, I guess, as I don't know. I'm not really into the the whole ist thing, but it probably like a minarchist, you know. Like I just I just want to be left alone to like you know work on my farm and and raise my family, you know. I just I don't want the government involved in my shit, pretty much, you know. And I and I don't think the government should be involved in anybody else's. 
So I don't know yeah. if it's anarchists, minarchists. You know, I collect rainwater. I raise my own goats. You know, I raise my own animals for food. I grow my own food in the garden. Like, uh, is that anarchist, minimalist? You know, I, I shit, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, a phrase I've been using a lot here recently in private circles, I call Americanist, right? In my mind, Americanist is not, it's, it's not minarchist, it's not anarchist, it's not statist, right? Americanist is the belief that I can live my life without anyone else telling me what to do, whether it's your neighbors, whether it's your parents, whether it's your kids, whether it's the government, whether it's your whatever, right? Americanism was built on this idea of being left alone and doing great things on your own. Yeah, yeah, just being and we lost that. Like an individualist. Yep. Yeah, yeah and we lost that. You can't go out anymore with an axe and a mule, and you know, clear your own land and and start your farm. You can't you can't do that anymore. So you have to kind of do these things that the system says, like, okay, well, you can do that. Okay, you can be an individualist doing that. You know, and then there's you know jackasses like me that. They keep pushing the envelopes like, oh, you say I can, I can do X. Like, well, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z until you come and put me in a cage. Yeah. So this is, this is like the one of the most petty like grievances I have against the state. But so in the state of Tennessee, window tent laws, anything on the like the front level of a vehicle, so driver's seat and passenger front seat. Uh, it cannot be any darker than 35%. Anything behind that is 25, uh, 20 or 25%. And then anything factory tinted on the rear can be like as dark as 5%, whatever comes factory. Anyways, and I asked them, and I, so I work at an automotive shop, and we have a lot of state troopers come in. And by state troopers, I mean highway patrol for the state of Tennessee. And I asked them, I said, I said, what's the difference in a ticket between like, cause you know, it's legal at 35, but anything below that's too dark. And they said, yeah. So what's in between 30% and 5%? And they said, nothing. They said, it's the same ticket. And I said, so why wouldn't I go like 0%, right? Like, why don't I yeah. just go insane with it? They said, why not? They said, fuck, I ain't gonna pull you over. And I've talked to several highway patrol officers like this. And they said, why the fuck do we care? Yeah, any any law that is punishable by just a fine means that it's legal at a price. Yeah, it's just you know, a bribe. Yeah, as I there's there's an old joke, and I I don't know we've been working kind of blue tonight, so I'll just let it rip. Um, guy walks into a bar and he sees this beautiful girl at the end of the bar, and he walks up to her and he says, uh, "If I give you a million dollars, will you sleep with me?" She thinks about it for a minute. She's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah for a million bucks, I'd sleep with you." He's like, "Oh, okay. If I give you five bucks, would you sleep with me?" She says, oh, that's disgusting. What, what kind of woman do you think I am? And he says, we've already established what kind of woman you are. Now we're just haggling over price. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so that's that's kind of how I view, like, these, like, oh, it's punishable by a fine. It's like, okay, so it's legal if I pay you enough. Cool. You know, yeah. it's like it's like the organic label here in Pennsylvania. Like, you, you can't call any product that you have that you sell organic, quote, unquote, organic in the state of Pennsylvania unless you pay them a check to use that term, which means that you have, to, you can buy it. You can rent that term from the government, but you can't, it doesn't matter because all you have to do is, is pay for the term and you can use it. It doesn't matter what kind of feces you're putting on your fields or you're feeding your animals, as long as you write the government a check. Yeah. Well, it's like, I, I talk to Democrats all the time. Like my big thing is gun legislation, right? And I said, 
Uh, so I was talking to a different, like this is this was a person who is a diehard like anti-gun, anti like individual rights, it's collectivism all the way kind of Democrat. Know a few of those. Yeah, and I said, okay, what if I told you right now, no Democrat is talking about removing the five hundred dollar tax stamp or the uh, uh, SOT for FFL dealers? I said that. $500 per year will allow you to build machine guns in your basement. They said, you're full of shit. Machine guns are illegal. I said, uh, well, yeah. let's go to the ATF website. So ATF.com, and I go through the entire process, what it looks like getting your FFL, and then paying $500 for your SOT. And I said, how in-depth do you think that background check is? And they said, well, it must be very extensive. I said, I've got an FFL, and it's not that extensive. I said, I said, here's the process. I walk them through it, and I said, I can build machine guns in my basement as long as I pay our overlords enough money. Yep. But you think that the average American shouldn't have guns? They can, as long as they have enough capital to spend to build machine guns in their basement. Legal for a price. Yep. Yep, that's exactly it. <laughs> this person is very close to becoming an anarchist. They are losing their fucking shit with me because when 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 their entire belief system is built around government and you destroy everything about government, yeah, it's sad. Evil. Like government is at at best a necessary evil and at worst an oppressive overlord. I, I'd like to address one of the comments here from uh, Daniel Three Podcast, uh, Jacob. Um, you're correct. I'm not a real libertarian. Uh, neither am I. I mean, I'm not not a real libertarian. I'm not a real libertarian. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jake, I mean, Jake, it's true. Jacob's here in New York, so I have to bust his balls. <laughs> so he, I mean, he deserves it either way, right? Yeah, yeah. If you're from New York, you absolutely deserve it. <laughs> well, Mr. Tim McMaster. So anyway, my merch store, uh, Tim4PA.com/shop. We've got t-shirts, mugs. Uh, we're getting some shot glasses and lowball glasses soon. Uh, cause I love a good, uh, a good scotch on the rocks. Um, don't shoot me. I like my scotch chilled. Sorry. Um, you can also go to, uh, our website, tim4pa.com. There's a link on there. You can donate. Uh, we have a PayPal link, uh, the Twitter machine. We're at, at tim4pa.com. That's the number four, uh, much like the four horsemen who I'm a huge fan of. Woo! <laughs> and who doesn't love Ric Flair? <laughs> Well, ladies and gentlemen, if you were interested, you can go to narropodcast.com. You can get you some of this fabulous merch right here. Don't wait, stop. Don't don't change it. Don't don't change that dial. What you can also do, you can go, you can hit that proud uh yeah, proud libertarian button at the top left. And you can actually find some of Tim McMaster's dope ass swag. Also, buttons. If you scroll mode. up, if you scroll up on that page, keep going, keep going. Those, those three D printed fidget toys. Buy those. I know the guy that makes them; they're fantastic. Adam's a great guy. He's on our campaign staff. I love him to death. He's you a guy. Can that- go here and buy you like, look, buy like at least six hundred bucks worth of shit. I know it's all going to Tim's campaign, and then donate to to Tim's campaign. Uh, Tim, where can they donate to your campaign at? So we have a link. It's uh, Tim 
4pa.com slash donate. Very so we keep everything very simple here. We're in Pennsylvania, man. <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah, I mean, oh, look, they are on the Facebook page at McMaster LT Gov or on the uh, on the Twitter machine at Tim 4PA. Look, look at the guns on this dude. Look at him. Why wouldn't you buy a Tim McMaster shirt from guns like that? I mean, look at. Um, He's even got that great pseudo mustache, too. Which, like, I'm about. I gotta lie, I'm, I'm a little jealous of. Like, I can't grow a great mustache anymore. Like, I'm about 45 of those right now. Yeah. Uh, I'm a. Yes. Don't. I don't want you to see my credit card info, but. Oh, no. believe I'm about 45. Yeah. Look, I'll cover, I'll cover my eyes. It's all good. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Holy shit, that's like eleven hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would be great. It'd be a great help to the campaign though. <laughs> just yeah, saying. I bet. Just saying. It'd yeah. still be a great detriment in my life. We don't have to buy forty five shirts, but if we could sell forty five shirts all for the strength of tonight's show, that would be cute. Great. Yeah, I mean if forty five people could buy six shirts, we'll hit more than forty five shirts. <laughs> If 45 people could buy a shirt, hell, 45 people buy a bumper sticker, I'd be happy. It, 45 people send me a dollar. That'd be helpful, too. Every little bit helps, man. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, oh, the lunatic says, I wish I was going to Reno. We could rent Mayweather Boxing Gym. Are you going to Reno, uh, Tim? 45 shirts. Uh, no, no, I'm actually not. <laughs> I've got, uh, I don't know if you if you heard the rumor, but I've got livestock that I got to tend to. So that's true. It's kind of hard to get away for six days out to uh, Nevada. I don't want to, I don't want to overburden the wife and the kids, you know, that's a happy place too is out in the barn. So, well, Oh, what do you believe is going to happen in right now? Uh, Tim, I'll let you take this and then I'll follow. What do I, well, I believe we're, we're going to elect um, a new chair and some new vice chairs and some people will be very ecstatic. Some people will be pissed off. Some people will be kind of, yeah. And we'll all put our pants on the next morning and get back to work. So it sounds like a libertarian event. Some people will be mad. Some people Pretty much, yeah. I, I'm sure at some point there'll be some excess drinking. Um, you know, there might be some pot smoked, you know, but all good stuff. I know that weekend, because it's Memorial Day weekend, I myself will be... Uh, We'll be imbibing on a, a few adult beverages. Um, I don't know if you can see over my shoulder. What shoulder is it? That shoulder. Yeah, I can. There you go. Nice. There it is. That is a, a nice 10-year-old single malt that I'll be cracking for Memorial Day. Yeah. I don't, I don't mess around with that blended scotch stuff, man. I'm a single malt guy. <laughs> well, you, ever, uh, you ever had uh, four roses? Uh, not that I can remember. I'm going to send you a bottle. Oh, yeah. Or, or, and I'm just throwing this out there, you could buy a t-shirt. Uh, I'll do both. Buy the bottle. I will buy a t-shirt and buy you a bottle of Four Roses because oh, every... Wow. Well, I appreciate that. You know what? If you, I'll put a bumper sticker on it and I'll send you a picture. Fuck yeah. There we go. But, what I was going to say is if you will be at Reno... At the end of this month, I will be there. I, I won't really be. Unfortunately, I, I I won't give a shit what the LNC is doing or whatever the delegate stuff I'm supposed to be doing is. Uh, if you hear a chant starting in the room that says "fuck the LNC," 
just know it will be me. And I fully encourage anyone to join in, whether you believe it or not, because uh, fuck the LNC. Not because anything specific. I just hate anyone who thinks like a national level position makes sense. So fuck the LNC. Listen, man, I was at a local wrestling event one time and I started a mashed potatoes chant. So I'm all into chanting. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Some guy sitting next to me, like we were chanting for this guy and that guy, doing for this guy and that guy. And I'm like, yo, I bet I can get those guys on the other side of the ring to chant mashed potatoes. And he's like, no. I'm like, five bucks. He's like, all right. And I just started doing mashed potatoes. <laughs> within within three times of saying that, the whole <laughs> crowd is doing it. And then I stopped. And then they all stopped. And they're looking around like, what the fuck did we just do? <laughs> People are all just involved in this hugely cathartic thing about talking about a, a mashed starch product, and nobody knows why. <laughs> so I am totally like, look, ladies and gentlemen, we need to start a fundraiser. Uh, I want to hire 50 libertarians to go to a football, an American football game with me, and we'll just start to chant mashed potatoes. Oh, I'm in. I want to. I'm in. <laughs> I want to see how big we can go. Like, what's the biggest stadium? Like, what's what stadium will hold the most people? Uh, it doesn't even have to be football. Probably for football, probably be Dallas, the Jerry Hall thing down there. Was at AT and T Stadium. I mean, I think there's probably bigger. I mean, the oh shit, what's the one in uh, North Korea that nobody goes to the, where they execute people? There's that one. Yeah, can we not do that one? That, that, that sounds a little rough. Well, I, I mean, think you're talking 90, about... What's it, in 93, there was a WCW show in that arena, which was odd. <laughs> they called it Collision in Korea. It was like WCW and like New Japan and All Japan. If you ever get a chance to watch that show, like I don't know if you're into wrestling or not like I am, but if you get a chance to watch it, like it is, it is a wholly bizarre experience because North Koreans have never seen professional wrestling, so they don't know what they're supposed to do. Well, to be fair, most wrestlers have a, a lot of excess body fat, and North Koreans are they don't they're, they're not big in the excess body. Yeah, fat. Yeah, see, in ninety three though, in ninety three it was still like, still the tail end of the steroids, so they're all like you know like beefy, you know kind of bulky guys. Like there wasn't a lot of fat; it was just all like muscle, you know. And so well, these like five foot five North Korean folks are looking at these you know like six six like comic book looking guys like, what the hell? Like, are we being invaded by Godzillas? <laughs> Well, it's it's terribly culturally inappropriate. North Korea doesn't have got to. That's Japan, but you know. Sorry. Holy I, shit, Godzilla! There you go. See, now it's more racist than you, so you're good. Oh, okay. um, <laughs> your campaign's safe. Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll edit this out, I guess. No. Hey, look, you should lot. you should post that comment from Daniel there. What's he saying? Uh, Tim's one of the best people I know, and a freaking warrior. Glad he's on my side and not the state. Yes, very yeah. true. Anybody sees me doing like working for the state, like apart from like being elected as a libertarian, you have my permission to shoot me. Or, or you've been kidnapped and please save you. Yeah, yeah, I'll I'll blink excessively if that happens. I'll probably say things like you know like ah, Bret Hart's not that good of a wrestler. Like if the I, Patriot Act, you know that like something's wrong. The Patriot Act protected Americans. Yeah, yeah. You know, taxes are just the price we pay to live in a civilized society. That's all I'm saying. Without without taxes, who will build the roads? Exactly. This is now going on the new intro video. So <laughs> oh, <God>. cheers. <laughs> Send the royalties.
<laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, it's it's an hour and seven minutes, and I've got homework to do. So, but please go to Proud Libertarian, dump your entire bank account into Daniel's. Or not Daniel. Yeah. Oh, Desi. It's Tim's, not Daniel. Fuck Daniel. Well, no, don't fuck Daniel, but, you know, just don't buy his shit. Buy mine. I mean, unless it's consensual, then in which case, fuck Daniel. But, um, yeah, at that point, you know, it's making love. So it's all good. Uh, I mean, Jesus did walk around with a prostitute. So, I mean, look. Yeah, you know, he spent a weekend with three dudes, 13 dudes. So, yeah. I mean, uh, you, pal. Like, I don't care. My Christian grandmother's going to call me tomorrow. Anyways, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, go please donate your entire bank account to Tim's uh, merch store. We're like five Buy bucks. Everything. Like five bucks is probably much more reasonable. <laughs> nah, just the whole thing. Just like, look, you don't need to pay rent this month. You have my permission. You don't need to pay rent. Uh, Tim4PA.com. Well, Sam, I do greatly appreciate you coming on the show. It's Thank you been so much amazing. For this was a blast. Sorry, Will didn't get to, to hang out for the really fun stuff. Yeah, he uh, he's gotta go sweep the leg. You know, he does karate. So, oh yeah, yeah. See, that's a reference I get. That's a movie from my era. <laughs> I, I made the comment like I've I've made it so many times on the show. It's a dead joke, but uh, we we just keep beating on it like a like a horse. So nice. Don't say that too loud. My wife loves horses. Should get really mad at you. All right, so all right, we're going to tell the story. <laughs> <Little mood. laughs> all right, I, I, I got to tell the story. So, uh, the very first time I ever visited Oklahoma, my uncle was working at an Air Force base outside of Oklahoma City called Tinker. And his oldest child, his daughter, my cousin, uh, she was madly in love with horses and had a horse that stabled. Somewhere. I don't know. It's Oklahoma. I don't know nothing about it. And so when I went out there, they said, hey, we'll pay for horse riding lessons if you'll go. I said, I'll do it. Why not? Cowboy shit. So we get out there and this horse instructor, she looks at me. She's about five foot nothing. She goes, oh, I've got the perfect horse for you. I said, okay, cool. I don't know anything. (laughs) Oh, shit. So I get, in a, get, I get on this horse and she's like, oh, you do this, you do this and whatever. I was like, oh, cool. So it's like a cart with just like super complicated instructions. I can do this. So I ride around on this horse and I'm like having a great time. I'm like, this is super fucking easy. Everyone says it's hard. It's not hard. And this horse instructor, she comes up to me she goes, have you ever ridden a horse before? Like she said, don't, don't lie to me. Just be serious. I said, no. Why? Should I have? She said, that's the most complicated and most honorary horse we have. She said, nobody else can ride it without getting sore. And she said, you look like you're having a great time. I said, I am. <laughs> so, like, what's the problem? She said, that was the only horse you would fit on. Like, every other horse, your feet would have drugged. <laughs> so we put you on him, and we knew he would be a pain for you, but that's the only horse you would fit. I said, I'm having a great time. So Maybe he just weighed too much, and he couldn't be honorary. <laughs> Oh, no. She said he was bouncing hard, but she said I was compensating very well. She said, you look like someone who's rode a horse before. I said, Yeah, no? it's not, I mean, it's not easy, but if you have a little bit of balance and, you know, kind of some rhythm, like, you can do it. 
Bro, I, earlier in the show, I said I was too wide and slow to play basketball. What part of rhythm do you think I have? Um, sitting down. I mean, that's why I played drums, because I could sit down and beat shit with sticks. <laughs> now, that's a white people sport. Um, what, playing drums or riding horses? <laughs> uh, beating stuff with sticks. Oh, no. That's that's racist. You can't say that. <laughs> I'm kidding. Say whatever you want. I don't give a shit. It's your show. <laughs> Holy shit, Gonzira. Anyways, ladies and, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, uh, Tim, I thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been fan-fucking-tastic. Thank you, sir. I had a great time. Maybe I'll, I'll actually get some better pictures of the goats to send in. Yeah, if you send them in, man, I'll post them on the on the Facebook and Twitter pages. Yeah, right I'll, I'll get some out. The Facester and the Twitbook. Yeah, the, the the face. Yeah, whatever you said. Yeah, yeah, that thing. All right, Tim Four PA dot com. Absolutely. All right, I'm gonna bounce. All right. Good night. Good liberty. And Tim, you know, I roll libertarian.